I feel she goes from zero to a hundred, like that emotional scale is almost non-existent there. Um, you know, there's no ladder that she's climbing. So she'll go from zero to a hundred and just explode in our face without even giving us a chance to have that in-depth conversation about either negotiating something. I love to give my kids space, but at the same time, create boundaries. Cause I know it's really important for children to have boundaries and mm-hmm. She hates boundaries. She hates boundaries. (laughs) Tell Me About Your Kids is a chance for you to listen in on unscripted conversations with connected parenting specialist Bonnie Harris. As she talks with real parents like you about real struggles like yours, these counseling sessions get to the heart of why our buttons get pushed as parents and offer tips and advice useful no matter your child's age. Listen in and subscribe to let go of old habits and raise your kids in a way that feels good. If you're having a parenting challenge and need help, visit BonnieHarris.com for free resources, schedule a session, or get a free one-on-one counseling session by becoming a podcast guest. We're all in it together. You're not alone. Thanks for listening. Tell me about your kids. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I am your host, Bonnie Harris, and I am here in frigid New Hampshire with my sound engineer and buddy who's mm-hmm. sitting here with his hat on, Yep, Adam Arnone. Inside. Inside, right. I always have a hat you on. You always though. have a hat on. That's I true. always have a hat on. Always. Like, I think it's strange for someone to see me without a hat. It, it, the times that I have seen you without yeah. a hat, I've gone, whoa, he doesn't have a hat on. <laughs> I, well, I, my head is always shaved. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, just feels it, it, so exposed definitely, and, yeah, right. and cold up in the there. Yeah. Last night I woke up and my hat was still on, like a, like a winter. I was going to say you don't like sleep a in a sleeping cap. No, like I should. Right before Christmas. Oh, what a good idea. Yeah, there I should, you go. See if I can build a time machine and go back and get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real cold here, as as per usual, because we have seasons, yeah. and it gets super extremely cold. It's actually a really good segue, being freezing cold, into this podcast today, because uh-huh, you yes. t- talked to Catherine about the power struggle um, between her and her kids, and especially her nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples is the classic universal example of her kid being like, I don't need to go outside. I don't need and, uh with, with my hat and my gloves. Right. I don't need, I don't need to do that. And then, you know, th- this was immediately went straight to my heart because, you know, that's, I ha- I have those types of children, my daughter, especially mm-hmm. I can't, I don't even remember i must have talked about it on one of the yes, intros yes you did that, yeah. that she wouldn't she wouldn't no. wear a hat she, in her outdoor school see, every day all day it outdoors it was so traumatic for you even to yeah. hear my story that you remembered it <laughs> i do yeah no no one could convince her otherwise yeah and there's that feeling of just wanting control mm-hmm. i guess you know of of something but they make these funny choices that seem to have ultimately it, the person who gets hurt the worst is them <laughs> by 
not saying like, well, I'm not going to eat dinner then because I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. They end up hungry. That's the cutting off your nose to spite your face. That but is for exactly kids, it. for children, yeah. it's if there's a fight involved, if there is a power struggle, as we're talking about today, then they're going to dig in their heels because they don't want to lose face. They don't want to be wrong in light of you being right. That's the truth. I am very much against anyone ever telling me what to do. Yeah. I do not enjoy that. Exactly. That has stayed with me forever. Mm -hmm. Except <laughs> there are certain common sense things that did stick with me. If someone's like, you should wear your coat because it's real cold. I was like, okay. But then if someone's like, you should only listen to rock music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just like. You, <laughs> I, just, I just, I didn't actually edit that. I just censored myself. <laughs> but any, but anyways, there are just certain things like you have to do this homework assignment, or uh -huh. you get a. Well, don't tell me what right. to do. So right. I, so obviously, my brain is is choosing which things to push back. But against. now, when did you take the common sense things? I feel like I was always like that. Mm -hmm. So you didn't put up any kind of an argument. Well, it. it uh, but you see, the argument doesn't come with the common sense of wearing a, a hat and gloves when it's frigid out. The argument comes when you feel forced to. Mm. So if somebody's giving you some information about, hey, you know, it's really cold out. You should wear a um, – but it's not like a you have to. That's the difference, I think. But there is something that I just think is extra challenging when you're dealing with things that just... That you see are health-related, mm. safety-related... Common sense. Common logical, sense. Logical. Right. Like, th there are right. those certain things that right. when they get pushed back on... Right. Um, and, you know, like, in what Catherine says about, you know, kids needing boundaries, I think that that's really true in, in, in a lot of ways, and in, in the kid understanding their own boundaries and being able to have good conversations with them to explain why it's a bad idea to go out there. And I don't want you to have to get frostbite to know the natural consequence of not wearing. Just, it's not worth it. That's what at least it feels like from the parent perspective. But right. the kid doesn't care. Right. The kid doesn't care. But I think the difference comes, especially with an integrity child who tends to fight you on this. Plenty of kids will say, okay, but plenty of kids will take it on principle. You can't tell me what to do. And parents react to that. What do you mean I can't? I'm your parent, for Christ's sake. Of course I can tell you what to do. But it doesn't mean you have to let your child do whatever they want if you stop telling them what to do. You know, to be able to say, it's 12 degrees outside. I worry that you're going to be very, very cold. And I would really like it if you wore a hat and gloves. Then if they say, no, I don't want to, then I think that's when you want to let the natural consequences happen. And in a healthy relationship with good boundaries, it is not a good idea to say to anyone, you have to, including a child. What really is being said is from the parent is 
please don't get sick. Right. Because I'm so tired. Yes. And yes. I have so I much can't going deal on. With it. I can't I, stay home. I can't. With you. Yeah. Like it's just, right. it's, whole, too, it's, it's too, please don't get hurt. Right. Like we have a new insurance plan. The deductible is crazy. Like please don't get <laughs> right. hurt. Like right. please, can you just, it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. Like there's going to be so many other times. It's just not worth it. Like help me out. Mm-hmm. But like we feel like we can't say that. And the kid is really like, I just want to be in control of myself. I don't- care damn about the insurance right. policy right mom. so every everybody is really simplifying <laughs> yeah. these deep fit feelings that we're they all have. just going after what we want and what we need that's yeah. what we all do well uh all right well on that note um that going note, going yeah. after what you want and what you need let me tell you what you need listeners you need to go look in our liner notes and you need to click the links for uh thrive market and for earth uh, Mama Organics, two wonderful companies. Thrive Market is an online grocery store. Earth Mama Organics has tons of products from um, for everyone, everyone in your family. They don't have any groceries. That is for Thrive Market. The other thing you need is Bonnie has an audio book that is amazing and really a huge foundation for everything you hear on the podcast. Also check that out in the liner notes. There's a link that will bring you right to a place where you can buy it. You can go on, to, Audible. on Audible. And let me just add okay. that I re-recorded this book because my buddy Adam did the sound engineering on it. That was me. Yeah. All yep. the titles, everything. Anyways, well, thank you for listening. Enjoy this episode. And we will talk to you next week. Here we go. We can talk ad nauseum about wanting our homes to be a safe space for our children to express themselves, but that feeling of safety is undermined when children learn that you want them to feel differently about their experiences than they actually do. You explain to them why they shouldn't feel unfairly treated, why they should appreciate what you do for them, why there's nothing to be upset about. In the good name of trying to make them happy, parents dismiss and disagree with how children feel. That is not a safe space to express oneself. Welcome to the program, Catherine. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. Tell me about your kids. So I have two girls. Um, Zelda is my oldest. She's nine. And Jade is the youngest. um, And she's four. All right. And what would you like to talk about today? Raising very strong little uh-huh. children and dealing with daily power struggles over uh-huh. everything. All right. I I can't imagine anybody listening will know right. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so give me, you know, kind of a, a in a capsule what sort of issues you see between them, what you think is going on, what triggers you. Yeah, I would say, you know, my oldest is definitely challenging. I don't want to take challenging in a negative way, but loves to just, mm-hmm. you know, hates to be told what to do, um, needs to do whatever she wants when she wants, uh, to the point that even if you're telling her something that she wants, she has, she to, has to say no it. and yeah. say it again yep. in her own words, right? Just, yeah, mm-hmm. basically, even if it's the same exact thing. So everything that we talk to her about, whatever it is, whether it's just day-to-day things or 
you know, anything, there has to be a fight over it. And frankly, it's really exhausting. Um, And at the same time, she's extremely empathetic. She's very loving. So she's got both sides, obviously, to her. She's a good human being. She's kind. Yeah. But just with us parents... (laughs) She really likes to push every every button all every day. So I want to ask you a question before we go further. When you say everything she everything has to be her way, she has to turn it around even if you tell her exactly what she said, she has to make it her own and there is a fight. Where does the fight come from? In other words, what is it that you are thinking about her when she is this way, other than frustrating? Yeah, that's a good question, because I feel she goes from zero to 100. Like, that emotional scale is almost non-existent there. Um, You know, there's no ladder that she's climbing, so she'll go from zero to 100, and just explode in our face without even giving us a chance to have that in-depth conversation about either negotiating something. I love to give my kids space, but at the same time, create boundaries because I know it's really important for children to have boundaries. And Mm -hmm. she hates boundaries. (laughs) Like that's just, you know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so it's just, let's say what we're, let's say we'll say something and If it's something she doesn't want or doesn't like or just doesn't feel like doing, she'll just explode in our face. So can you give us an example? Um, Something as simple as just this morning, it's, you know, I don't know what degrees it was. It was so cold and she wanted to go Mm -hmm. with her dad to walk the dog. And there was a whole fight about her wearing gloves and a hat because it was extremely cold. And they're, you know, just going off about that. And, you know, I tried to explain to her, I said, you know, mommy and daddy aren't being mean. We're really wanting to make sure that you're safe. And, you know, your hands are blue when you came back in and, you know, just helping her understand that we're not her enemies. We're really looking out for her well-being and just to take a moment to think about, okay, well, I'm not going to run off and just go out without my gloves or my hat. Um, and mommy and daddy aren't just being mean because apparently we're just mean about everything because, <laughs> you know, it's just perspective. Right. So, so yeah. I wanted to ask you, is her perspective of you, and this is, of course, from your perspective, right. do you think her perspective of you is that you are the enemy? I think so. <laughs> okay. That's key. That's key. And that's what we need to work yeah. on. Because if she thinks you're going to fight her on everything she wants, her heels are going to dig in so far and so deep that, and she will not exhaust from the fight. Mm. You know, you will, but she won't, right? right? Which is what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we need to... We need to work on how you can work with her so that she doesn't see you as the enemy. Right, right. And she's nine, so she's wanting to be a little more independent, have her way, have you understand how much she needs that, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of, from her point of view, fighting her on every single thing she wants, probably, is what her 
idea is, right? Yeah. Right. She is, if you have listened to the podcast at all, I talk a lot about the integrity child. Mm-hmm. And she sounds to me like a very, um, a, a good example of an integrity child. And so it's understanding that she can't change to be more accepting and more um, able to listen to your side of things yet. Um, It's not something, she can't do that until she trusts that you understand and accept, not necessarily agree with, but accept her side of things, mm-hmm. her way of seeing it. So, for instance, with the coat and glo- with the hat and gloves this morning, when you said something like, "Don't forget your hat and gloves," what did you hear from her? Um, honestly, I was in the kitchen, and she, my husband, had already started walking, and she just ran out the door and went right behind him. So she totally ignored what I said. And then my mm-hmm. husband literally had to turn back around and bring her back because she, her face was red as, you know, super red. Her hands were freezing cold and it ended up in a fight. Was she complaining about it? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you, because I wasn't there with my husband and, my, and, and them outside. Um, but had she waited five, 10 extra minutes, she definitely would have been complaining because it's not the first time that's happened. So. As Catherine relays this story, I hear in her tone the perception that Zelda was wrong for not listening and running off without hat and gloves. This perception feeds the perceived enemy persona. Her parents need to see that Zelda is just being Zelda. She's not doing anything wrong. Annoying, absolutely, but not wrong. There's no reason why she would listen or grab her hat and gloves. She was not ignoring, thus being bad. She wanted to catch up to Dad, so needed to go as fast as she could. When her point of view is accepted, not agreed with, the fight will diminish. Then problem solving can occur. If kids can't stand up to parents and feel heard, not given what they want, their potential is whittled away just a bit each time. This may sound horrible, Mm -hmm. because I know how cold it was this morning. We're further north than you are. And and, uh, the next couple of mornings are going to be real buttes. But theoretically... Let's say, theoretically, she needs to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And if in the past she has had, in her mind, has had to wear what you want her to wear, when you want, think she should be wearing certain things, then she is going to go outside and turn blue mm-hmm. before she's going to do what you want her to do. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. Now, if it's it's too bad that your husband was off ahead of her, because if she had insisted, I don't need a hat and gloves, and you had stated your 
it's really, really cold out today. I don't care, Mom. I don't need a hat and gloves. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll just stick them in my pocket just in case. Or your husband could have said that, right? So she didn't have to wear them. If that were the case all along, and she trusted that you weren't going to make her do that, then when she got cold, she'd say, hey, can I have my hat and gloves? Right. But if she feels pressured into doing what you want her to do, regardless of the situation, she literally will turn blue before she'll give that to you. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. She doesn't want to lose face, right? She doesn't want to admit that you were right and she was wrong. Exactly. And she she tends to, and I know, I mean, she's nine. I know her brain isn't fully developed, but she tends to not like to take responsibility for things. Like, like I'm always trying to help her understand that, you know, you, you make your own decisions. There are repercussions and it's important to take responsibility. But if she's in a, in a space where she's just, you know, impatient or doesn't like what we said, she'll like, let's say, go up the stairs to her room and be like, it's your fault. It's your fault. And in reality, it's, it's just a perspective that's very blurred because she's nine years old. I mean, I understand that, but she doesn't see it that way, obviously. You know what I mean? So, right. and I think she tends right. to focus more on what she doesn't get or what she thinks she doesn't get and then <laughs> forgets all the things that she actually does have. And, you know, Oh, she's, she's not gonna. She's she's very she's extreme. Yeah, she'll go very extreme. She'll be like, "You never do this, or you never do that." And then we'll sit with her very calmly and go through the list of things that she did want. For example, whether it's physical things or places to be or whatever, and she'd be like, "Yes, I did get this, and I did that, that." But in the moment, she's not thinking. Okay, so Catherine, what you're doing? When she's complaining about never having anything she wants, never getting to do anything she wants, what you're doing, which is what 99% of parents do, is you're trying to justify yourselves to her. Mm -hmm. You're trying to explain to her why she's wrong. Right. Do you see? Yeah. And when you think about it that way, what you're doing is saying, you're wrong about this, you're wrong about this, you're wrong about this, you're wrong about that. Mm -hmm. Even though what you're doing is focusing on what you did give to her and what you did do. But the message she hears is she's wrong. And so she's not going to take that. Now, think about this. What if you said to her, when she says, I never get to do anything my way, I never get to do what I want, mm -hmm. and you just said, ugh, it must feel so unfair, mm. period. That's it. That's all, right? You can just yeah. kind of feel the air come out of her balloon, right? right. It's just like, ah. <sighs> yeah. At least somebody understands a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe she would go, yes, it doesn't feel fair. And then it's, oh, yeah, I know. I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. You don't have to explain yourself. You see, when you explain to kids what you're doing is telling them why you're right and they're and wrong. They're wrong 
and why they have to come around to see it your way. Mm -hmm. And an integrity child is never going to want to do that, right? Yeah. So when you say, ugh, that must feel so unfair when you think that, I get it. You're not agreeing with her. Mm. You're saying, I can understand the feeling you're having right now. Mm-hmm. And it just takes the fight right out of it. There's nothing to fight about when you are empathizing with her. And then how do you move forward with that? Like, what's the next step after that? Well, the next step is hard to come up with because you don't know what her reaction is going to be. Right. But if she's just complaining about, I never get to do what I want, and you say something like that and drop it, you don't have to do anything else. Mm. Nothing. What would you have to do? Other than try to get her seeing that she's wrong about that. Right. And there is no reason you have to do that. So do you just stand there and say that and wait for something? Or do you just say it and be like, and then just walk away, for example, or... Just, I would just stay there and say, that's got to feel so unfair. Mm -hmm. And then maybe she's going to say, because she doesn't trust this yet, you know, this is going to be a new approach. Mm -hmm. She's going to be a little skeptical of where she thinks you're coming from. And so maybe she's going to say, yeah, so you've got to do this for me and you've got to do that. (laughs) Right? Right. And then... You, you can say what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Nothing about her, I don't want to do that, or I can't do that today, let's go look at the calendar and see when we can do that. Right. Or I am involved in something else when you want to do that, how can you make that happen? Mm-hmm. There are so many ways that you can turn it back to her without having to succumb and let her have her way. It is not about letting her have her way. Drawing a boundary is being very clear about what you will and you will not agree to or do. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's getting away from any blame that comes with don't you talk to me like that, or you can't do that, or you never, or you always, and stay with I. I don't like it when that happens. I have a really hard time when I hear that level of screaming. Mm. I don't want to do such and such. But you do. How do you think you could make that happen? Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I kind of want to throw in here for everyone listening, this is really important. I do not believe we should ever, ever, ever put down a wish or a desire of our child. Anything they want, anything they can imagine. I want this. I want that. We love to put that down. Money doesn't grow on trees, you know. Who do you think you're talking to? I can't afford that. I don't want to give you, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
we want to always support our children's desires, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't mean giving them to them. Yeah. How, how can you make that happen? I'm definitely conscious about that because I've done a lot of personal growth. So I do understand breaking those cycles, right? From generation to generation. Yes, I would say my husband and I aren't like 100% on the same page there, but we're getting Mm -hmm. there, right? He's Mm -hmm. he's working on that because he's dealing with his own stuff and his own, you know, anxiety. And, you know, we all Mm -hmm. have traumas from childhood, right? So, yeah. so, you know, working through that, I'd say I'm definitely a lot more patient and a lot more understanding in mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's slightly a different approach there. Um, I would say, you know, things sometimes get out of control when we, we're just like so tired and just get really impatient oh, because it's a constant thing. It's a 24-7 thing yep. that, you know, and... It's not like, oh, certain things that we're going to have a fight over. It's everything that we're going to have a fight over. So Imagine what that feels like to Zelda. Right. Yeah. And that's that's what I think about is like her, how she's looking at it from her perspective. And, you know, I don't ever want her to think her parents don't love her or are mean to her intentionally or, I don't you know, think she wh- thinks that. But, you know, you just she's a thinker. She's definitely a thinker, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want her to feel like her home isn't a safe space or just like a loving space for her. Like mm-hmm. she'll go to the grandmothers or my aunt or whatever, and she gets whatever she wants. And I, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that because I feel like it just breaks all the all the boundaries, you know what I mean? And then you come home mm-hmm. and then there are limitations and boundaries because we do want to live in a safe space. Um, and then there's always this comparison. Well, if I go there, I get what I want. Or if I go there, I get what I want. And that's that that's hard to deal and with. And you could say it it's it's really wonderful to be a grandmother when you mm. can just kind of do that. It's not your job to to create the limits anymore. And isn't that wonderful that you get that when you go to your grandmas or your aunts? Mm, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. So the other thing about wanting to teach our children responsibility, you know, you want to teach her to take responsibility for herself. And what that means is allowing the natural consequences of whatever's going on, Mm. right, for her to experience that. And we undermine that Mm -hmm. process all the time when we are, number one, telling our kids what they should do and what they shouldn't, when we are using arbitrary consequences, I'm going to take this away so that you will learn to do this, that's undermining the power mm-hmm. of natural consequences. And we, when we think it's my job to show her what she needs to, how she needs to think about this, how she needs to feel about this, I've got to control that. All of that undermines that sense of her taking responsibility for herself. Right. Because she's not learning from her own experiences. Mm. Catherine 
Karen says that Zelda doesn't take responsibility for herself. At least two things play into that. Number one, when children get blamed a lot by a parent, you did such and such, stop that, don't do X, Y, or Z. They learn to blame others when they don't want to get in trouble. And number two, when natural consequences are undermined by parent-directed consequences. We take on the job of giving the consequences and rob our children of the experience of the results of their own actions. We all want our kids to be respectful, responsible, to stand up for themselves, to have a strong voice. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of every day, Mm -hmm. we're always trying to scratch that out. Yeah. But we've got to think about what do you want her to be? And I'm sure you have. You see this personality and project it into the future, and maybe you've got some fears about it, but you want her to have this powerful, strong will. I I always say my kid's going to change the world if we survive this year. Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that she says to me, she says, Mommy, you always tell me, you know, I should stand up for what I want. And, you know, so I'm going to stand up for what I want to you. And, you know, so she obviously, and in a a way I'm proud of her for doing that because I never want her. And I said, you know what, Zelda, I'm really proud of you for standing up. But it's also helping her understand that, you know, creating that responsibility and that boundary. And it's there just to help her manage her day-to-day stresses or emotions or whatever. It's not because I don't want her to do the thing that she wants to do. It's just, we live in a household where, you know, we're four people and a dog. We're not living all by ourselves. So we have to learn how to give and take or, you know, live in a space with other people that also have other needs and emotions. And that and- comes out when you can say, I don't like that. Mm. That is not okay with me. Mm-hmm. And where the girls learn to do that with each other, but you can't expect that at young Yeah, ages. and I think part of part of the challenge also, you know, is my four-year-old, you know, copying whatever her sister's doing now, which is very normal, obviously. You know, the older one didn't have influence, the younger one does. And you know, and I, and I never want my, you know, Zelda to take responsibility for her daughter, for her sister, but Mm -hmm. helping her see, you know, when she's acting a certain way or saying mean things or whatever, that her sister is copying how she's acting and she's going to use that towards her, you know, and then she'll say, oh, you know, my sister's mean, but in reality, you're the one who was actually mean to her and she's copying that behavior. But then she experiences that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can you can say, oh, here's what I see happening. Mm. And there are lots of ways that you can deal with each one of them and how they feel when the other says right. certain things. There's lots of sibling stuff we could get into. But I think the important point here is that you don't have to teach her to see it differently. Mm. She will learn that. Yeah. Yeah. Let her experience it. Let her experience her sister throwing her words back at her. Mm. Let her experience her sister not wanting to be with her because she said something mean. Let her experience that. And 
then you can support her in that. You can say, not I told you so, but you can say, it's really frustrating, isn't it, when you hear that from Mm. your sister? That's got to really hurt. Mm. Not, do you see that that's what Mm. you did to her? Because then you've lost her. Then it's blame. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But to just point out, that really hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What would you like to say to her about that? Right. Do you want to let her know that it hurt? Do you want to let Mm. her know that you didn't like that? What would you like to do about it? So like my youngest one, and I think it's a four-year-old thing, um, because Zelda didn't really go through through it too much, but sometimes she'll hit, right? Because that's just the first thing that she'll... Mm-hmm. She'll like hit her sister, hit, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not because she's being mean. It's just because she doesn't tend to she, use her words always because she's four. She's more impulsive. Exactly. So I'm trying to teach her like, Jade, let's use her words. How can we say it in a way without using our hands and hitting, you know, your sister or whatever? And, um, you know, in that moment, it's <laughs> my husband's always like, well, you should hit her back to show her what it feels like. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really help her understand how to use her words and not be so impulsive. So there's a little bit of difference there with with how we see things. And, right, right. you know, I've tried both ways. And I'll tell you, like, the hitting back, it doesn't solve anything. It just doesn't. It just so, doesn't teach them. So here's a way that you could handle this that with Jade. Um, after it's all over, you can talk to her about Here's what I saw. First of all, give me an example of what just happened that provoked Jade to hit. It could just be if they're watching TV and they mm-hmm. take turns watching shows because we're very mm-hmm. strict a little bit with the iPad time. So if they want to watch a show, let's watch it on the TV. Um, and teaching them how to not always get what they want for hours, you know, it's just helping them. Um, so maybe Zelda's like, well, I still need 10 more minutes or whatever. It could just be anything really. Um, it could be over a show or it could be. So a show that Jade wants to watch and Zelda doesn't, something like that? Exactly. Something like that. So you could, after it's all over, you could say to Jade, what I saw earlier was you not getting the show that you wanted to watch. Mm. And you were feeling really angry about that. Mm -hmm. And you felt so frustrated that you couldn't stop yourself from hitting. And then this is a toss-off because I know you know it's not okay to hit. Mm. I know you know that. I don't have to tell you that anymore. So what that tells me when I see that hit is that you were feeling so frustrated or so angry that you couldn't help yourself. You couldn't stop yourself from hitting. Mm -hmm. See, that is completely connecting with her. That's not blaming her for hitting. And that's exactly what's happening. She can't stop herself in the moment. Right. Right? She will. She Mm -hmm. will. But right now... This is what happens to us when we yell at our kids. You don't mean to do that, Mm -hmm. right? It's your impulse that takes over. We say and do things we don't mean. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't give our kids the right to do that. Right, exactly. When they are far more (laughs) 
<laughs> likely to do that than we yeah. should be anyway. Yeah. So then you can say, what do you think? Because now you've got her because you've connected with her, mm-hmm. right? I, I get it. You were so frustrated. You're connecting with her emotionally. And then, so she's listening. Then you can say to her, I bet you this is going to happen again. What Mm. do you think you might do next time instead of hitting her? What do you think you could say to her? And then you're putting her brain through the, exactly, at a time when she's, when her brain is back online, at a time when her amygdala is not firing with emotion, Mm. but her cortex is back in thinking mode. So then she can think about what would be a good thing to do and tell you. Then the key is do not expect her to be able to put that into right. action the next right. time. Exactly. She's going to hit she's going to hit again over and over but in practice. Every yeah. time you mm-hmm. practice this, it fires neural pathways in her right. brain. Right. right. That's, that's a, that's a good way to, to do it. Um, with Zelda and, you know, slight damage control here. Yeah. <laughs> so when she tends to like storm off, right. Cause she goes from zero to a hundred emotionally and just right. like, you know, and storms off or right. you know, slams a door or whatever. Do I just walk up there and say what you had mentioned? Like, I know this could, this can feel really frustrating or something like that? Or do I just wait till she calms down to do that? Or what would you recommend in that scenario? It, without knowing what the circumstance is, my general advice is to let her storm off, let her slam her door, let her have her, her self-righteous vindication, right? right. Let her right. do that. Just let her have it have her own thing and then see where she's at. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. you don't do anything else. Yeah. If you have said something to her that you think later, I really shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. What I did was blame her when I should have understood. Mm -hmm. That's when you want to go back later and repair it. Right. And say, you know what I realized happened a little bit ago? You were really angry with me because it sounded like I was blaming you. And mm-hmm. when I look at my words, I realized there was blame in my words. And I am sorry about that. Right. Here's what I wish I had said instead. Mm. That's the real repair. And teaching when people make mistakes and then we take ownership. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, Absolutely. you know, part of part of the struggle also, you know, we grew up overseas in a third world country. So upbringing mm. was very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom would be like, well, it's, it's not okay for her to storm off like that. Like, that's not acceptable and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and my first instinct as a mom is give her space to calm her body down. And five minutes later, she's going to come down on her own when she's calm because what's the point of going up there and yelling or fighting or whatever because she's just not responding at that point. Like her brain is just in a different state and it doesn't do any good. It creates more damage. And when you think about it, why should she not be able to storm off? 
That's exactly. <laughs> you know, that That's is exactly, an, yeah. She shouldn't have an attitude like that. She shouldn't have feelings like that. She shouldn't be angry. That's a very old way of looking at raising children. And what it does is immobilize us as we grow and want to make ourselves heard and ourselves known and our voices heard, and we can't do it as right. adults. 100 Because, yeah. right, because we've been taught as children, you have to no suppress right to our those emotions. Feelings. Exactly. Yep. And I never want my kids to ever be. Yep. In that space where they can't come and express how they right. feel or speak up right. for what is right or wrong or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So Right. So don't fight her on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. I mean, I my instinct is to not, but then you've well, got the external, yes, you know, exactly. pressures. And I like, think oh, yeah. without getting into all of your background, you indicated that you were brought up in a another country where everything was very, very different. And so that is your inner dialogue. Mm. Your inner dialogue is coming up and there's that voice in your head that's saying, she can't do that. She's not allowed to do that. Who does she think she is? Because yeah. you had a very, very different experience, a very different set of circumstances, right? right. They're right. not hers. Yeah. And isn't it wonderful? Yeah, that exactly. she gets to express herself. Yeah. And I think in the moment, you know, like I said, you know, just because certain things we have different approaches on me and my husband, like if he gets really frustrated, then it pulls, pulls onto me. And then in the moment, I'm like, kind of almost caught in the middle because I'm like, this is a little too extreme. But then at the same time, it's helping her see that, no, I mean, this is still your father. Like, you know, you're able to have a conversation. So it's, it's not always easy to be in that space where, you know, yeah. Well, be sure that you're not in a situation where you have to take care of him mm. or he has to take care of you. Mm. You both have your own relationships with your kids. Right. I, uh, I always say you don't have to be on the same page, mm. but it sure helps a lot if you're in the same book. Right. That's important. Yeah. But being on the same page, nobody is. Yeah. You know, and I think, I mean, obviously we've been together for so long and, and he's, he's a good father and, a, and, and all of that. And I just think like in the moment, you know, because he didn't grow up with a space that gave him the ability to feel his emotions or express or anything like that. I had yeah. a little bit more of that. Mm -hmm. So even yeah. though I grew up with four brothers and, you know, so it's just, it wasn't easy either way, but you know, my mom was American. I had a little bit more of an understanding parent who gave me a little bit more space where for him that wasn't the case. So I think like, again, we all experience that as adults as we're bringing our childhood into these conversations and into those spaces. As moms, we tend to be a little bit more patient than dads most of the time. So I think that also, you know, yeah. Yeah. plays a role in that. But um, for sure, I mean, those are, those are really helpful techniques that I feel are really easy for us to apply and, and good. And, good. Yeah, that's been super that's helpful. And also that's giving great. us the okay to trust our instinct as parents. You know what I mean? I think that's... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so much outside noise and external 
opinions and and I think and just knowing exactly that yeah. and those internal voices right. telling us that we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much Catherine for coming on the show and telling us about your kids. Thank you, Bonnie. I really appreciate this. This has been super, super helpful. And I hope the conversation, I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other parents that are in similar situations. Yes, I hope so too. All right. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch.